What, what transitioned Jonah out of the whale? What changed his life? What was it that put him from that place of being trapped to that place of being free? And the last thing that he says, my life is yours. I give it as a vow. I, I, I offer myself as that thanksgiving or that, that sacrifice of thanksgiving. I had with the guys uh, this past Monday, and we sat with a whiteboard, and we just started brainstorming and just talking about church and life. And I said, guys, threw this question out there. I said, what is lacking in our generation to see revival? Well, let me put it more specific, the banner in the back. What is lacking in our generation to experience greater things? And I know if we went around right now, everybody would have their thing. But I'm thinking in, in our generation, we've had a lot of things handed to us. We have a lot of things. Our, our freedom as a country was handed to us. M- most of this generation has not fought. And I'm, I'm not saying that we don't have it because I'm looking at veterans and things, but I'm saying to fight and lay down their life, there's a lot of bloodshed and sacrifice given from, for me. I didn't have to do it. It was given to me. The same way my salvation was given to me. He paid the price. I reaped the reward. I reaped the blessing of it. I, I told the guys, I said, you know, if I'm going to put something on the list of something that our generation, our, our, this America as a whole is missing. And I said it this morning. We don't know self-sacrifice. We don't know what it means that I'm going to give of myself for the sake of someone else. I'm willing to lay down my life or die to self or give so that somebody else can. It's, it's more of, I'm going to climb the ladder. I'm going to get ahead. I'm going to take it in for myself. And what we do is we're starving the world. And I, 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 I thought about this too. How can, we, how can we have so many mega churches? And if you see, and I'm not knocking. I don't, I don't know the motives. I don't know what God's doing in all those churches. I'm not going to sit there and say what everybody's doing is wrong. I can tell you some of them are dead wrong. If they're not preaching the gospel. They're dead wrong. I, I'm, I'm not judging. I'm holding them accountable to scripture. We either preach truth or we're not doing what's right. But how can you have so many Christians, so many churches, and us not be shaking this nation? So have you ever thought about that? Why are we not, I mean, the Christians and and, and I mean, you can see the Muslims are having a big impact in, in America. The Muslims are having a big impact in America. And put your head in the sand and say, oh, no, they're not. Yes, they are. They're, they're everywhere. They're growing. I have seen average Americans with this stuff on and walking around and being converted and then pulling in. And I, I've read articles that have been posted and shared and found out that is being shared by them looking like something that we would have put out. And they teach in there they're, they're to give of yourself, to lay down your life for the sake of the cause and all that. I'm thinking, wait a minute. That was the example that Christ gave to us. Where are we missing it? Before we get to this, before we get to the symbolism of Christ saying, this is my body broken for you. I give my body, I give my life, I give my blood, the ultimate sacrifice I give for you and you, Peter, and you, Thomas, and you, Judas, I give for you. I give of myself for you. So look with it, me in the Gospel of Mark. And, and just going through a few, Mark chapter 8. Let's, let's read Mark chapter 8. And, and I'll be brief because I know I, I want to have time for communion. And, and that is a service. I want to set the stage. I, I'm not just setting the stage, guys, for communion tonight. 
setting the stage for our church, a, a way of thinking, the right way of thinking of what we should be doing, and let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What I've done, I've done as an example unto you. If we don't follow his example, then nothing's going to work. Mark chapter 8, verse 34, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he saith unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Two chapters later, go forward, Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Then Jesus, behold him, uh, behold, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatever thou hast, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up his cross, and follow me. The, the idea of following Christ was intense of the requirement of taking up your cross. Now, I mean, it, tonight when we take communion, we, when we say this is an example, this is a reminder of what Christ did. Christ gave his life for the sake of other people. How often do we use communion? And I don't think I've ever done this where I give the example of we're also to give of our life for the sake of others. And I know it's not in the same context. Don't take me wrong. I'm not talking about you've got to die on the cross for the sins of others. Impossible. First of all, it's already been done. Secondly, you're unqualified. Unless you have perfect blood flowing through your veins and you're the son of God, then you're unqualified for that. But he's already done that for us. But the example that was set, the example that he was set of self-sacrifice, giving of yourself for the sake of others, that we can follow. But the idea, if you put it this way, when Jesus was saying, first of all, he said, take up your cross. His cross was not my cross. It's not your cross either. But at the same time, Jesus was saying this, it's your turn. You want to change the world? You want to affect lives? Then this is the example. This is what you do. You deny yourself. You pick up the cross and you follow me. Just so you guys get, this is intense. This is not easy. This is not passive. It's not a walk in the park. It's not about standing on the stage. It's not about applause. It's not about a title. And it's not for wimps. Jesus was not a wimp. That what he did for us what was he took on more than we could have ever imagined. He bore it to the end and he laid out his life because he was motivated by us. He was motivated by love. I, I, I think of the, the concept of the Marines and their, and their advertisement and all the things that they do. The few, the proud of the Marines. And everybody sees those uniforms and they see the sword and them holding there and, uh, you know, all dressed and, and official and crisp and just, I mean, that, that image of, it, it is, it's appealing. But then if you want to wear that uniform, not that I've been there, I know, I know other people, but I'm telling you, very few wear the uniform, but very few can handle what they have to go through. To get to that point of laying down their lives, if we were to sit there and follow the life of Christ, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find a lot of people that were really excited about all the benefits. Give me that sword and let me put on that uniform. I want those blessings. I want that look. And Jesus said, okay, that's great. If you want this, you're going to have to pick up your cross. You're going to have to deny yourself. You're going to have to walk in my footsteps. You know what a lot of people did? They were just like the people that signed up for the Marines. I have, I have to do what? It's how much training? I, I, I get, I, you know, I have to go through that. No, I, I'm good. And I think that's the thing in America. We all want the blessings. 
Lord, bring revival, save people, reach our kids, change the society, get us into the public schools. Oh, the Lord, I want to change. But when we find out what it's going to cost us, I'm not willing to do that. Too much is at stake. I'm not willing to do that. And I, I, I fear for that. What is it going to take? When he says, take up his cross, let me just point out some things. That, that was a symbol of surrender. And I know I preached the same point this morning. E- even to the point of, of tonight, if we're going to sit there, do this in remembrance of what? Remembrance of his self-sacrifice. When he went in the garden in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, you don't have to turn there, let me read this for you. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Not what I want, what you want. You want to see? Do we all want to see? In this room right here, not by raise a hand, I'm talking to your heart right now. Do you want what I want? Are any of you getting as excited about people being saved and baptized as I am? Does anybody else get chills when you hear these testimonies about, and, and guys, it's, it's a chain reaction of what's going on. It's, the, the, okay, this, just let me lay it out. Like, this morning we had a, a girl that came forward and was saved this morning in the service. And she came back to Connecting Point. She had her card and says, today accepted Jesus Christ. How did you even come? Oh, last week my mom got baptized. My mom got saved in the church. And it's, it, you know what it is? It's one person telling another person it's a chain reaction. You guys heard the people out there. I came second week of the drama. Some of them didn't even come to the drama. They came of the overflow of the overflow. And it's a chain reaction. I, I've got this crazy idea. I've got this thing that I feel, believe that God's just telling me. It doesn't have to stop. It doesn't have to be a season. It doesn't have to be a fad. We, it, 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 seeing people saved, born again, baptized and added to the church should be part of our routine. Should be part of our regular Sunday. It shouldn't be something. But you have not because you ask not. What's it going to take to see that. I promise you, no self-sacrifice, no results. It was an act of surrender. When Jesus changed the world, it started with hands lifted up to his Father. It's all yours. I'll do it. I I look at what we did, even, even to get to this point, reaping the benefits of testimony and testimony and people being saved and out of the church and five people this morning are families out of the church, all these things, and say, wow, this just happens. No, it doesn't just happen. Let me, let me take you back through the history of this. Let me just pull you guys back and, and follow along. You know what I can point to you of this happening? Because three months ago, I got up and said, guys, we've got a crazy idea, but I need you to practice every Sunday afternoon, and I need you to come back on Saturday afternoons, and I need you to spend the, some days all day, and I need you to stay late, and we've got work day, work day, work day, work day, work day, tear down, tear down, tear down, build up, clean out the garage, all these other things, and I had people that said, when and where, when and where, practice, practice, all these, when and where, when and where, and God looks out and says, that's what it takes. I'm not talking about wear yourself out, and I know we're tired, and I know we can't do that all the time, and it can't be all days all the time, but I tell you, God honors self-sacrifice. When he went to the cross to lay down his life for us, and we stand up there and say, what can I do? 
I'll do it. I've got a talent. I've got an ability. I've got time. I've got money. It's yours, Lord, if you will take it and let me see more of this. And God, God works through these things. God laid down his life. Take up your cross. When he said that, what we're doing tonight, it was a reminder of, of surrender. It's a place of sacrifice. I'm going to tell you guys something, and I know right now, even saying, I want more. More people saved on all this, and I'm going to lose a lot of people right now, and I know it because Jesus said it, and he lost a lot of people. It's a place of sacrifice, which means it is going to cost you. It's not just a surrender, but then God says, all right, from your life, from your talent, all these things, I need this. Thousands followed Christ. Thousands watched the sick healed and raised the dead and sight to the blind and feeding the 5,000. And our prayer is, Lord bless, Lord bless, Lord bless. It is, and I know I've said this, especially around Thanksgiving, it's like, this is our prayers. This is what, we're praying for like this, and this is what God says. It sees from, from heaven, I think. It's just more, 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 more. And, and not that that's wrong. Who's going to sit there and deny the fact that I want the blessings of God? Are, are you? No way. I want the blessings of God. I, when the Bible talks about blessings of God, he not only said, fill my cup, but I want what it's said in Psalms, my cup runneth over. It's not being selfish. I just know that God can. But it's not just having that. Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's going to cost you. It costs Jesus everything. And I wonder with our generation, if we're willing to pay the price when God says this is what it's going to take, are we willing to pay the cost? Are we willing to take the cross? Pay the cost. I've never heard one person ever say in their life that I regret serving God. I regret living for God. I regret giving to God. I regret the day that we built this building, we sacrificed to give, and, or we bought a bus or any of those. And nobody's ever said, oh, I regret that investment. You know why? Because the blessings follow the sacrifice. You can't, you, you can give and you can see it and God follows us up with the blessings and I believe that's what we're seeing. But the last thing, when you look at the cross and the phrase, take up your cross, is that it's a tool for salvation. Jesus simply said of that, when he said, take up your cross and follow me, God was saying, take up that which I will use to bring other people to know me. And in everything that we're doing, when God's, God pulls you into that, he's asking you to embrace the work of God. And that's what the cross was. When he said, I took that, that cross said, I'm going to bring it to the top. I'm going to put it in the ground. I'm going to die on the cross for your sins. And you know what we do? We do the same thing. We pick up the cross. We, t- we take it to the top. We finish the course and we lift up Jesus Christ. That's what we do. It's a tool your sacrifice of what you're giving, if you're doing it just for the applause or we're doing it and not producing anything, and I'm not against these. I said that this morning. I love the potlucks and dinners and picnics and, you know, concerts and all that stuff. But the thing is, we must be doing the things that we know are going to invest in the people coming to know Christ. Salvation, change lives. We must be. Because what Christ self-sacrificed for changed people's lives. I, I just, tonight taking communion, I want it to be a reminder. I said, as often as you do this, do it as remember of what it takes. 
Are you willing to pay your cost? Are you willing to take up your cross? Are you willing to follow Christ when it comes to things like that? I had a couple blessings just of the different things that God has been doing through all the stories and things. And I had a, a sad situation. I got a phone call. The church did, and I followed up, and I called them back, and we didn't know who it was. They just said, I need to talk to the pastor, so I called them up. And the guy said, uh, my wife died. And I, I don't, I honestly, I'm not even connecting the dots of who this is. This is somebody that came uh, to our church, and they came as a result of coming with somebody else new that came to the church. So this is like the friend of a friend of somebody that has been coming and I said, that's great. I said, let me ask you, how do you know me or our church or whatever? And said, oh, so-and-so in the church invited my wife and she got saved at your church. And the first thing I thought of is I want the church that led my wife to Christ to be the one to do her funeral. I thought, I, you know, it was sad, but then I thought, thank God the story was a result of, she, yes, she died, but thank God your church was used to bring her to know Christ before that happened. Because your labor is not in vain. Let me put it this way. Your self-sacrifice is not in vain. So we've got to all have that attitude. As as we get into this, it's got to be every one of us. It's got to be the idea of, as you have this reminder tonight, as you take that bread and you hold it in your hands, may the Lord whisper in your ears, are you willing to take up your cross? Are you willing to lay down your life? Are you willing to pay the price for others? He gave his life for us. Are we willing to give our lives for others?